0: Night's the night. I'm going to watch bad movies again and again. It has to happen. Nice night for it. Christmas night. Santa's a great guy. Loves my cookies. But it's time for a bad movie, and I'm hungry for something different on this episode of The Blood Welcome aboard, streamers! Santa has come early this year and left you episode 21 of the Bloodstream under your Christmas tree. I'm your host, Jason Gray, and this week I watched Red Christmas. Now you may have heard about a movie called Red Christmas. It looks like a well-made, wonderful Christmas romp with a lot of comedy and a little bit of murder, and that is absolutely not the movie we're watching this week. Instead, I found the low-budget version of Red Christmas. This version of Red Christmas is about a nice, sweet girl who finds an equally nice guy at the store. She brings him home, she ties him up, tortures him, and wrecks his halls for the Christmas season. And like last week, I kinda wanna read the description of this straight from Amazon because it's so good. I'm Tara. I like killing people. I've been doing it a long time now, and realize there might be folks that want to see what it's like. So I made this movie to show you the steps of how to brutally murder a person, while never forgetting what the holidays are all about. This year, I'm dreaming of a red Christmas. So yeah, that's a really great first-person description for the movie, and pretty accurate. It caught my attention and drew me in. I was going to do a Christmas horror story, but for some reason every other podcast seems to be talking about that one this year. So I decided to give it a pass. I don't know why I'll focus on it this year, but I didn't want to be one more voice among many, and I found this thing. I don't want to get too distracted with talking about some other movie that I'm not talking about right now. So instead, I'm going to do the usual, play the trailer, and I'll be right back.
1: Okay, there we go. Okay. Hi, I'm Tara. I'm 26. I live in my parents' old house. Inherited it from my dad. Let's see, I like the beach, 80s music, video games, and I'm a psycho killer.
0: Silent night
1: Actually, um, I love fruitcake. Fruitcake? Oh my god, that makes me want to kill you! <laughs> <laughs>
0: The film starts off with some axe-wielding guy lurking around this dark, creepy house, and I guess we're supposed to assume he's a bad guy because of the axe, but he comes into the place and finds a body tied to a chair. Before the Axeman can process what he's seeing, Kara cracks his nut from behind with one of those nutcracker statue toy things, you know the one I'm talking about, and she says one of the strangest lines ever, looks like you're going to be dead for the holidays, what? Is that supposed to be some kind of joke, wordplay, a pun? I don't know. It's delivered in the manner of an action hero saying a cool one-liner, but it's not. Following that bit of setup, we jump back in time and see Tara introducing herself like a dating video. We heard some of this in the trailer, but there's more fun stuff to go, so that makes a great first clip.
1: Hi, I'm Tara. I'm 26. I live in my parents' old house, inherited it from my dad. Uh, Let's see, I like the beach, 80's music, video games, and I'm a psycho killer. Well, okay, no, technically I'm a serial killer. And that means that I've killed at least two people with premeditation. That's according to one definition. Technically I'd be considered a hedonistic killer. And that's because of the thrill and lust. And and that's actually because I... You know what? I think it'll be better if you guys figure it out along the way. So I'm doing this um, to tell my story, you know, my legacy. Yeah, I know there's always a chance of me getting caught. And if that happens, I want to be completely famous. You know, I, I am careful. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I may not be perfect at it forever, and if that happens, well, then I get the easy trick of getting life in prison. this is going to be my legacy. You know? This is my art. So, about me, I guess. My mom died when I was six. So, it was just me and my dad. And, uh, he wasn't really a good man. You know? I mean, he didn't molest me or anything, uh, but... You know, he yelled a lot, which wasn't great. I mean, he hit me a few times, uh, but nothing that I would classify as abuse. And no, no, I'm not normalizing abuse. I honestly just mean that, uh, you know, he smacked my ass when I was bad as a kid. You know, the yelling was the worst. You know, how I was a, a fuck-up, how ungrateful I was. You know, once he even said, get this, I wish you would have died instead of your mother. Great guy, huh? You know, my social life wasn't any help either. I was what you'd consider the weird kid. You know, I wasn't into what the other kids were into. While all the other kids were listening to boy bands, I liked to listen to Bach. The boys, the boys were the worst, always teasing me and insulting me. By high school, they didn't even do that much. just ignore me completely. You know, now that I think about it, the treatment that I got from them and from my father is probably why I see males as non-human. That's why I only kill guys.
0: Kara goes on for a bit longer, but you get the idea. She basically admits she doesn't feel emotions, but she's really good at faking them. So here we got your classic sociopath. She also admits that she started killing four years ago when she was 22, so she's been doing this for a while. She's killed a few guys every December since then, and she's up to about 10 or so at this point. I'm kind of loving how this is a a first-person found footage type of movie. You don't really normally get this perspective. Being with the killer in in this is an interesting way to tell this kind of story, and... Hey, I'm down for it, even if it's low budget. It's just so fascinating having the killer talking directly to you going through her process and what her mental state is like. I could endlessly drop in clip after clip of Tara talking about herself, because it's just that fascinating and fun, but I'm restraining myself. But don't get me wrong, I have plenty of clips of Tara. In fact, here's another one.
1: You're probably thinking that my father was my first kill, and you would not be giving me enough credit. I always take strangers, you know? And even my first kill was outside my comfort zone. So, oh, um, a comfort zone. So, a comfort zone is normally, um, you know, it's early in a killer's career and it's uh, close to their house. Um, and that normally helps the FBI uh, catch the killers, <laughs> you know? So, even my first kill, what I did is I went 60 miles away from my hometown And pretended as if that was my hometown. You know, so the FBI and everyone kind of get off my track. Actually, this year is the first year that I get to shop near home. I'm going to save so much money on gas. Another thing that I do, you know, just to mess with them, is I keep changing my type. And how that helps me is that what the FBI does is... They try to create a profile with the type of person that the killer likes to kill. So every year I pick a new type of person, you know, because my victims sure aren't being used in place of anything else. <laughs> you know, I just love killing. It's just the pure joy of it, just just watching their life fade from their eyes. I mean, that's just true happiness. It's just the true meaning of Christmas. You know that. That joy. I like to think that I'm putting the Christ back in Christmas, you know, as in, Oh, Jesus Christ! Stop sawing off my leg!
0: <laughs> I, I may have just fallen a little bit in love with this movie. She next shows us around her murder room and says it's great for it because no one can hear you and it's easy to clean. And I call bullshit on that point. She's got all this junk and knickknacks knacks and stuff scattered all over the room, some of it Christmas themed. She doesn't have any plastic laying down, except for right under the chair where she's going to tie her victim. She's never going to get all the blood out of the nooks and crannies on that stereo. Oh, she's never going to be able to clean that sofa. Or the garland. Oh my god, the garland. Anyways, she also shows off some of the toys and tools that she's going to use on her victim. And those range from the stuff you'd expect like saws and hammer and stapler and stuff like that. And once again, more Christmas-themed stuff like icicle decorations, glass balls, more garland specifically set aside to use on the victim instead of just decorating the room. She heads off to find her first victim. We go along for the ride. She finds a guy at a local store. His name is Bill, and she starts a conversation with him, and that's our next clip.
1: All right, so are you out with anybody right now? Oh, no. No, shopping alone. Oh, how many people do you normally shop for? Twelve. Yeah, uh, family and close friends. Mm. Do you find yourself spending more this year than others? Absolutely. Yeah, everything's just more expensive, and, you know, the expectations are still the same, so mm. whatever. I mean, that's the season. Mm. Are you looking for a turbo man? What? Never mind. Um, so, do you have any Christmas traditions that you do? Well, yeah, actually... Um, I love fruitcake. Fruitcake? Oh my god, that makes me want to kill you! (laughs) (laughs) I know, but it's just so sweet, and, you know, there's always plenty for me. Mm. Mine is Kissing on a Mistletoe. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Well, you may have noticed that I have mistletoe right here. So maybe you should follow the goddamn Christmas rules. Merry Christmas. So, I never do this, um, but I was wondering if maybe you would want to come back to my house. Maybe we could shoot a private home movie. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'd like that. Tara takes Bill home, shows him the murder room, he has a seat in the murder chair, and she is heavily flirting with him. He's all in, though, and when she says she'd love to tie him up, Oh, Bill. Bill, Bill, Bill. Tara starts tying him up, and, uh, she's actually just kinda wrapping the rope and garland all around him, and not really doing a whole lot of tying of knots. She says she's doing knots, but, yeah, no, not so much. However, I'm going to be generous here. It's the Christmas season, and I'm gonna let this slide. It's one of those things where it's a found footage movie, you're kind of doing it live, in camera, and... Just to save a little bit of time so she's not there tying knots for 10 minutes, I'll let this one go. It breaks the reality a bit, but I'm having enough fun at this point that I'm good. But while is doing all this, the facade she's built up starts to fall away as she reveals her real name and what she has planned for Bill in the next clip. So, what do you want for
1: Christmas? i have been such a naughty
0: Oh, yeah? How about me? You'll see, pal. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I can't wait, Arlene. Actually, my name's Tara.
0: Now that Bill is all tied up, the real fun can begin. Tara gets out the glass ornaments, breaks one to demonstrate that yes, they are glass, and says the next one is going in his mouth. Bill shouts out, JESUS CHRIST! And we get a great call back to the earlier moment I loved so much. She stabs Bill with a glass icicle ornament, and following that bit of torture, and following that bit of torture we get an extreme close-up of Bill's very fake-looking hand, as we are forced to watch Tara slowly peeling off all of his fingernails. Now, the hand is clearly fake, but the fact that this is such an extreme close-up, and the length of time it takes, and the slow methodical method behind it, somehow even seeing how fake the hand is in front of me, this is one of the more uncomfortable things I've sat through and watched. I don't like tossing around the name torture porn because I think it's overused and not used appropriately. I don't even want to use it here, but... This scene in particular, not the movie itself, would almost certainly qualify as torture porn. I am squirming hardcore at this point. Tara explains that she likes to take fake trophies and burn them, so there's no evidence that she has that can be found and traced back to any of her victims. And that's wonderfully clever. The cops will find a dead, mutilated body that's missing its fingernails, and they'll assume, oh, those are trophies of the serial killer. The trophies will never be found because they've been destroyed. Unlike most serial killers who keep the thing around in some place in their house, like uh, Dexter with his blood slides, Tara starts to put a wreath of barbed wire around Bill's feet, just in case he manages to get out of the ropes, which aren't hard, and it'll cut up his legs and stop him from escaping, or at least not as quickly. The two of them start to get into another round of talking, and that's our next clip. What's that?
1: This is a wreath that is filled with barbed wire.
0: What are you gonna do with it?
1: I put it around your legs so if you get loose, it'll cut you and it'll fall. And if that does happen, then I'll cut your Achilles tendon. I don't really like to, you know, mess with those. Mm-hmm. So
0: Look, if you have remorse, then why, why do you do this? <sighs>
1: I don't have any remorse about killing you. I love killing. It's all the torture that I have to do to you. That's the fuck up. Why do it? Look, fine. If the FBI digs up a body that's been generally well taken care of, they'll they'll just think that a woman did it. If they find a body that's been to hell and back, you know, men are normally the sadists. This is all about covering my ass. Please. Don't kill me. That took longer than expected. Please. Please. I don't want to die. No shit. Nobody does. I still have so much to do. What the fuck do you have to do?
0: I never finished my screenplay.
1: Oh, yeah? How long have you been working on it? Four years. (laughs) Fuck your screenplay! I know people who can finish a screenplay in a weekend if the mood is right. You just didn't do it because you didn't think it fucking mattered. (sighs) Just wasting away day to day. Just hoping a bus doesn't fucking hit you. Not mattering not mattering at all. Did you know that it only takes four generations to completely forget a person, as if that person never even really existed? Bill, I'm making you last longer. I'm making you matter. I'm making you art. Don't you want to matter?
0: No. No, I don't want to matter. Well,
1: then I'm just going to fucking keep doing circled around him like that? Just call me the logic weaver. Okay, no. damn it. See, I'm only good with puns that are about Christmas and murder.
0: We have a brief scene where this Christmas killer drags Bill off to the tub so she can fill his mouth with eggnog and basically force him to drink down, I don't know, an entire gallon of it. And there's yet another great line. I'll never drink eggnog again. Well, yeah, because you'll be dead. I can't fault the logic. Tara continues to hurt him in fun, Christmassy ways, stuff like the eggnog and giving him paper cuts from wrapping paper. Tara addresses the audience again, saying how she would love to have emulated all the traps from Home Alone, but she really didn't want to be branded the Home Alone killer. Pssst, if you want that, go see Better Watch Out, that's a great movie. Tara tries to get to know her victim a little bit more, asking him what his favorite Christmas movie is, which leads her to start quizzing him about Christmas movies, and there's a moment here that I absolutely must share.
1: Okay, so I'm going to quiz you on some Christmas movies, and if you get it right, you get some fruitcake.
0: Why would I care?
1: Because you're probably starving, and this will be the last chance that you get some of your favorite. Christmas tradition. <sighs> okay. What is the name of the building that John McClane is in in Die Hard? Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. Are you kidding me? It takes place during Christmas. The, the plot is constantly referencing Christmas. The plot happening during Christmas is vital to the plot. The soundtrack is full of Christmas move, music, and... It's just a great Christmas movie.
0: Tara might be unstable, but she's not wrong about Die Hard. The quizzing goes on until Bill gets one right, and as a reward, Tara feeds him some fruitcake. But surprise, he starts spitting up blood because she filled the fruitcake with glass. This girl is twisted. We pause for a bit here while Tara kind of wanders off alone to have some introspective moments, and she gives us her backstory, which I'm going to leave for anyone going to actually watch the movie themselves. But when she comes back, it's time for Tara to take her other trophy, and she starts to hack off one of Bill's feet. And I love that she sticks it in a stocking. Although if she's getting rid of it, that does make me question the why of it. It's cute and funny. After all that hard work sawing through Bill's leg bone, Tara takes a well deserved break sucking on a candy cane, and she starts talking about how she'll be remembered, how Bill will be remembered, and he tries insulting her by getting her name wrong, and that leads well into the next clip. I hope they catch you and lock you up throw away the key. Well, that is going to happen eventually.
1: I <laughs> hope no one ever remembers your name. Oh, really? Well, my name's
0: going to be the only thing that you're thinking of
1: when. Die. are <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I'm gonna be thinking of
0: Terry. Terry? Isn't that, isn't that your name? Terry? See, that's... That's how little I care about you.
1: Say my name. It's not Terry? No, it's not fucking Terry. Tammy. Don't you dare. Tamara. <laughs> I will fucking stab you with this!
0: I mean, I know. It's
1: stupid cunt with daddy issues.
0: <laughs> My name is Tara, motherfucker! I've had enough chasing. It's your turn now, Forrest Bog. Thracozog! With a K! Boy, are you ever rude. <laughs> Ball. No braids today. We're only serving humble pie. Watch 'em a zog. Listen, buddy, for the last time, it's four ax in a bog. Trickle zog. Ah, uh, laxative log. No, no, no. Laplander zog. No, four in a dog. Right. Suck sucker frog. No, no, no. <coughs> Susan.
1: <sighs> now you're doing it on purpose. How
0: juvenile! I love every time a horror movie uses a candy cane as a weapon like that. I mean, we've all sucked one until it comes to a sharp point and thought, what could I do with this? I mean, um. It's not just me, right? Moving on, the Christmas-themed torture continues on and on for a bit. For some folks, this is probably getting a bit tedious, but I'm kinda having fun with it. Eventually, it moves on to Tara stabbing out one of Bill's eyes in yet another extreme close-up with dodgy makeup, but still pretty gruesome and oh god, stop. Bill's torture finally wraps up (laughs) when Tara strangles him with some garland to finish him off. With Bill dead, Tara basically has no one else to talk to, so she addresses us once again. She talks about some of her unused Christmas-themed ideas, and what comes next for her and the body in the next clip.
1: Okay. Now, like I said earlier, there's two things that I get out of doing what I do. The first is killing. The second is coming up. Now, I'm sure you're thinking that the way that I killed him was in a generally tame way. You know, the lack of genital torture. You're probably thinking, you should have stuffed a candy cane on his dick, or used the nutcracker on his balls, or made his balls into ornaments, which are all good ideas. But, you see, I need that dick to be in good condition. You see, whenever men die of strangulation, there's this thing that happens. It's called angel lust. And that's when they get harmed after death. And I think he's ready for me.
0: So yeah, if there's anyone out there who is hoping for some necrophilia, I got you covered. But me personally, I could have done without watching the whole thing. Sure, it's all first person and little more than Tara grunting and groaning while the camera is fixated on part of Bill's body, but it does just to go on and on and on. At this point, we finally catch back up with the start of the movie, with the axe guy wandering back in again for the first time. Tara ties the guy up after knocking him out, and she starts to worry how this is going to affect her motives operandi. And also, she starts to freak out because she has no supplies. She was only planning on killing one person tonight. Oh, bother. The axe man cometh to, and the two of them have a bit of a chat, in the final clip.
1: So, using an axe is like, your thing. Don't slashers normally have more detailed stories? Um, I'm still kinda new at this. It's. But you're not even in a costume. I don't need a costume. I have a rugged exterior. I also make axe puns. (laughs) Like, you're being a total jackaxe right now. Jack axe? I bet you stole that. No. Do you have any more? You're asking too much of me. (laughs) Alright, well I need to take care of you now. No, wait! We could totally work together. We'd be a team.
0: You could be my future axe wife. Oh
1: my god. You're ridiculous! What, you want me to come up with a plan so that you can just swing an axe at their heads? Yeah, I don't think so.
0: It actually sounds like a pretty solid plan. I'd be okay with it.
1: Okay, no. Just shut up and stay there. I I need to clean up.
0: Aw, come on, Tara. Give the guy a break. He's at least got some great puns. Tara leaves... axe. Alone. While she takes care of Bill's body. And I genuinely appreciate that the movie addresses the chance and risk of leaving DNA on the dead body since that was really bugging me throughout the movie. She wears gloves, sure, but she's got a lot of long hair and there's the whole sex thing and she gets more into it herself I'm not gonna go point by point because she does it herself I also appreciate herself editing the movie and not showing us the long cleaning process which she just described to us You can just cut to her dumping the body and coming home She gets back from dumping the body, heads downstairs And, probably surprising no one, discovers that Axe has freed himself. In all of five seconds, Tara's killing Spree comes to a sudden halt, as Axe jumps out from behind some curtains, and, well, axes her to death. And the movie crashes to a very abrupt end. And that was Red Christmas! This movie makes the most of its limited resources. It's essentially two people at any given moment, and it's a lot of fun to watch them. There's a lot of gore, there's a lot of fun, silly dialogue, which I enjoy. And yeah, the gore does get over the top, and it rides this really strange line between looking really fake, but also being really uncomfortable and making you squirm by making you feel it for sticking with it for so long. The story is simple, it doesn't need to be complex for what they're doing here, and for such as it is, it's still pretty engaging. Tara is a really charismatic character that really drew me in and made me invested in her story, even if that story was... This is what I do on Christmas, and that's kill people. Red Christmas is good, solid, campy fun on a budget, and a simple idea that it does actually really well. The ending is a bit sudden and jarring, but it somehow works to have a slasher come in and basically do what a slasher does and just get things over with. I wonder if this was a deliberate commentary on slasher movies and maybe the creators not being too happy with that sort of genre? Or if it's just had a bit of happenstance kind of tying in with that. So yeah, it's a bit of a surprise, but this is actually a really nice gift to find under the tree and is not a lump of coal at all. At 55 minutes, i definitely say go check this out. It's a, like I said, a lot of fun. My only caveat though is if you're not into the extreme long, drawn out gore and torture stuff, you might want to either hit fast forward or skip this entirely and I understand. If you don't mind that though, yeah, definitely give this a watch! That wraps up episode 21 of The Bloodstream, thank you for listening! If you've enjoyed this episode, you can find us on iTunes, where you can subscribe, rate, or leave us a review. Any of those are a big help and much appreciated. You can also search for The Bloodstream on Facebook and join the group there, and get all the latest updates. I also have a Tumblr page at thebloodstream.tumblr.com. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions for the show, Suggestions of movies for me to watch, you can hit me up at any of those places, or just shoot me an email at phoenix, F-O-E-N-I-X, at gmail.com. Once again, I've been your host, Jason Gray. Take care, and keep streaming.
1: Now you're doing it on purpose How juvenile